So I actually prepared a, a joke that my my brother-in-law sent to me. So my brother-in-law and my sister, they're over there. Can you please stand? Eh? You're such a good-looking couple. They, they're leading our congregation in Tigerberg, which is... Actually, I think, Francois, you're also, you're also in that congregation. So um, they're leading out with a bunch of students there, and they love Jesus, and they love us. That, that's why they came to visit us over the Easter weekend and look after the kids. We love, love you. So Theo sent me this, this it's an English, English joke. So um, it's between Joseph of Arimathea, the guy who actually gave the grave for Jesus. He gave his grave for Jesus and Pontius Pilate. So Pilate asked Joseph, he says, I don't understand, you're the richest man in this region. You have made this brand new tomb for you and your family, and now you're giving it to Jesus. And Joseph responded, it's just for the weekend. Theo, I like him. Stierf my meer grapies, asjeblief. My emersin. Okay. So you can open in Mark 16. We're going to start at verse, verse 1. Because we are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's so good to just periodically just go through these, these stories, these stories of truth of what happened to Jesus. Because this is the core of Christianity. The fact that Jesus died on the cross, but also that He didn't stay there. The cross is empty but you raised on the third day so that we can have life. And we, our sins can be forgiven and we can have victory over, over every, every bit of darkness in this, in this world. So I'm going to read from verse 1 and I'm going to read straight to verse, verse 20. And then I'm going to give you, make a few remarks on this passage. Are you ready? So if you don't have a Bible, there are Bibles over there. So anyone that don't have a Bible that wants to go and you can grab a Bible for you, Francois, or some Adele. Anyone else? Just raise your hand quickly. Awesome. So verse, so chapter 16, verse 1, it says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after the sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. Say that with me. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. It's just very interesting that the first people that brought the message to the disciples, in other words, the apostles, apostle means to be sent. The first person people that were sent to the disciples to bring the message of Jesus were women. So in the new covenant, I just want to tell all the women here, you are allowed to bring the message of Jesus Christ. 
It doesn't matter what people say. It is, it is amazing that God has anointed women, especially, and I love the women in our church. They are the forerunners. They are running in the Spirit. And we just see this example in Scripture. Mary Magdalene, Salome, and Mar Maria, Mary, sorry, Mary running to disciples, telling them the gospel of Jesus, the first people to actually preach the full gospel. Then, verse 8, trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him, who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive and she had seen him, they did not believe it. Afterwards, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick and sick people, and they will get well. And we can add, they will go to a country where bombs are being planted in churches, and they will not get hurt, and they will preach the gospel. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven, and he sat on the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed this word by the, by the signs and, and accompanied, that accompanied it. Great. So, if we look at Friday, the reason why we call it Good Friday is because we look at it from the perspective of Sunday. If we only had Good Friday, if we only had the Friday, Jesus on the cross, it was a good man that laid down his life for his friends. It would be like Francois walking in front of, taking a bullet for me and actually dying, and we would get, go to his funeral and we'd be like, wow, what a noble man. He did this great act of bravery. But the reason we look at Good Friday as Good Friday is because we can see that Jesus did not stay on the cross. Jesus did not stay in the, in the grave, but he raised, he was rose from the grave by the power of, of the Holy Spirit. So the challenge with the Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, is the challenge of faith. And we see that in verse 10. It says, it says here that she went and told those who had been with him who were mourning and weeping. So now, here, the disciples, the 11 of them that remained after Judas, killed themselves. They were here and they were mourning. Why? Because the one that they thought was the Messiah died on the cross. He was brutally murdered. Even though if they read the accounts in the Old Testament, the prophecies, they would have known this is what... He was supposed to do. He was supposed to die on the cross. He, and then later he will, raise, he will be raised from the grave. But they didn't know it. Because their faith was in the eyes, the thing that they saw on Friday. 
Jesus being crucified. So a lot of time, we as Christians, we live on the Saturday. And we like those disciples. We are mourning. We are weeping. Now Jesus died. We are still struggling. Oh, it's such a difficult life. I, I will never be able to go through this, come through this alive. I'm still in the valley of the shadow of death. That's not a Sunday's perspective. Sunday's perspective is that our Jesus, the one that lives inside of me through the power of the Holy Spirit, He is raised from the dead. He's not dead anymore. Amen. Matthew Henry says, Christ's disciples are often sad and sorrowful even when they have reason to rejoice. But through the weakness of their faith, they cannot take comfort, the comfort offered to them. So let's read verse 11. And when they heard that Jesus was alive and she had seen him, they did what? They did not believe. So here's a it's a challenge of our faith. So these are the people that walked with Jesus. They saw all the miracles. They, they saw him raising Lazarus from the dead. And still now the messenger comes, the lady comes, and she shares the gospel, and they don't, they don't believe. And then verse 12, afterwards Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. And these returned and reported to the rest, but they did not believe them either. And then we'll read later, we see that verse 16, it says, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe? So, it's amazing to know that Friday happened. It's amazing that Jesus died on the cross for all our sin. He took everything, the suffering, the pain, everything on Himself. So that we have, don't have to deal with it. We can say, never, never again will we be forsaken. Because Jesus, on the cross, He cried out. And said, God, God, why have you forsaken me? So that we don't have to suffer the ultimate suffering and that separation from God. Because the power of sin is not it's wrong and it destroys your life because it does that too. But the power of sin, it keeps you away from the life source, which is God. So the challenge for the, for, for the church of Jesus Christ is faith. I'm challenged by this. I grew up in a Christian home. I, all my life, I, I can't remember when I was not a Christian. I remember when I was young, I had this experience that I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that I'm going to heaven. So I know that somewhere down the line, somewhere in my, in my years and before I went to primary school, I had this encounter with God. But, but I know that's not, that's not my goal in life, only to go to heaven. My, my goal in life is so much more. My goal in life is to live the resurrection life. Not to be sorrow and mournful about Jesus on the cross. Because Jesus long passed the cross. 
right there at the end, he says that he is sitting on the right hand of the Father. It's the ultimate place of authority. So now that Jesus, yes, it's difficult to figure it out with our human minds, but that Jesus that's sitting on the right hand of the Father is also in you through the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit and, and Jesus and the Father, they, they are one. It's, it boggles our minds, but that is the truth. That's what the Word of God, God says. So that means that we have so much power available for us. We have the resurrection power of Jesus in us. But we often, we get stuck on the Friday, we get stuck on the Saturday, and we like those disciples, oh, shame, I'm a Christian, I'm suffering for this life, I'm and then the woman, they scream at you. Get into Jesus. Get into the Word. Get into your quiet place and ask God for a revelation of who Jesus is. Because He's not on the cross anymore. He's not in the grave anymore. But He walked out. And, and so of us, because of a lack of faith, we never appropriate everything that God has for us, all the gifts, all the blessings that He has for us, because we don't believe that He's as good as He says He is. Faith makes Sunday a reality. Faith takes Jesus out of the grave in your life. He's already out of the grave. Faith makes your Sunday bigger than your Friday. Philippians 3, verse 10 and 11. I just want to read verse 12 also. It says the following. It's Paul who's speaking. And he had a revelation of, yes, what happened on the cross, but also what happened on the Sunday. So he says in verse, verse 10, I want to know Christ. And if you're sitting here and you've had an encounter with Jesus and you've met Jesus and you're, and you're a Christian, in your spirit, that is what your spirit is saying at this very moment. doesn't matter what your feelings are saying. doesn't matter how you feel or what you've done, what you've done wrong. You can, be the, you can have committed the most horrible sin last night. But this is what your spirit is saying at this very moment. It's, it's saying, I want to know Christ. And that, that know is, is to intimately know Jesus. And if you look at the Greek word, gnosko, that they use for, for knowledge and to know, it's actually experiential knowledge. So what Paul is writing, he's saying, I want to experience in the deeper sense of my being, I want to experience who Jesus is. And all of us have that hunger in us. That's why when you, you come into a, a room like this and Francois does the worship and he facilitates an, an environment where God is lifted up, some of you are like, wow, I feel alive because it's your spirit man that's coming alive. Some of you maybe even felt like, hey, I, I don't like this because this, this is awkward. And, and that awkwardness sometimes is all the stuff that a devil put in your life that's trying to keep you away from your very being, which is your spirit man, that's crying out and saying, 
I want more of Jesus. I want to go deeper with God. I want to know Him. Because without Jesus, there's no life. He is the life source. Again, I want to repeat, the, the big problem with sin is not that it's wrong and it destroys your life. Yes, it does. The big problem with sin is it's, it keeps you away from the source of life. It's like unplugging your phone and think you can use this every day for the rest of your life and you don't need to plug it in again. It is somebody that thinks like that is stupid. Okay. And I know there's no stupid people in this room. Yesterday we were at a, at a wedding and there was an amazing story because the, both the, the, the couple, they got married, they have, they have stories. And they, had, they have bad stories. Stories of how the devil destroyed like, parts of their lives. But then they both individually met Jesus and they came together and it was just a celebration of the goodness of God. And then at the, so I could see there was like every now and then you go to a wedding, you could see, okay, yes, here's a few guys because the Brannewein and Coke flew like and it gone. And you think, hey man, this is, this is an amazing opportunity for the gospel to be preached. And then one of the best men he, he stood up and he, he says his nickname is Torti. So everybody laughs. And we're like, whoa, this is not, it's going to go sour, yeah. And he speaks and he says, and he looks the bride and the bridegroom in the eyes, and he says, if you build your marriage on Jesus, it will last. It will last. So I was just thinking, if Torti can say that, then what's our excuse? <laughs> Sorry, I have a lot of children in my eyes. That's how we speak. We need to be real. So, verse 10, it says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know, and then he explains what this means. He says, yes, to know the power, in other words, Think of, again of experiential knowledge of the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings. So He's saying, I want to know the Sunday, but I also want to know the Friday. And I know I need to go through the Friday in order to get to the Sunday. There's going to be suffering in life. You're going to suffer for Jesus. There's people that died because they went to worship Jesus today. That's part of, that's part of life. And Jesus promised that to us, but we look at it from the perspective of Sunday. None of the, those guys that, that are heaven now are, are complaining about what happened because they're in the best place ever. Because we look at our suffering from the place of the resurrection. Participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. So Paul is saying, hey, I want to die with Jesus because I know that I need to die so that I can be raised again. That's why baptism is such a powerful symbolic act of obedience. Because what do you do? We dunk you in the water and we keep you there for five minutes until you die. And then we pull you out and then you come alive. And every time it's a miracle because you're alive. It's so, it's so powerful. We don't just keep people up straight. or We don't leave people there because we, we want to reveal that it's not only the Friday that counts, but it's the Sunday 
It gives us the perspective, the godly perspective on this Sunday. And so, somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Now, a lot of people see that as somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead means, hey, yes, one day you'll be in heaven. I think what Paul is saying is that he wants to understand that he's already resurrected with Jesus. He's already living with Jesus. So, if you wake up tomorrow morning, if you feel you have a bad day, then you must tell the woman in your life or the person in your life to call you out on this. And you say, you know what? That's a Friday perspective. <laughs> yes, you are suffering, and that's, that's reality. But faith says, yes, I acknowledge that it exists. I acknowledge that I feel this way. If you wake up in the morning with four kids in your bed, it's not always the best feeling. I don't feel like the Sunday. I feel like the Friday. So faith acknowledges that you feel this way. But then faith doesn't give it a place of influence. Because the only influence that we are allowed to have is the influence of Jesus. So if Jesus, your kid's screaming in your bed, your boss is screaming at you, your wife is complaining at you, nothing works, then you must hear the voice of Jesus. Because Sunday screams louder than Friday, by the way. And then we hear the voice of Jesus saying, Hey, I'm raised. I'm raised from the dead. You can do it. I mean you. I'm not on the, I'm not on the cross. I mean you. You can do this. You can do this. And then another kid comes in again. Papa. And you're like, What? Jesus, speak to me again. And that is, that is faith. But so often we, we get stuck on, on Saturday. I, can, I, can I call you out if you're stuck on Saturday? I'm asking. Will you, will you allow your wife, will you allow your husband to call you out if you're stuck on Saturday? Will you allow your friends if you're, called, if you're stuck on Saturday? Because that is not life. It's so much more exciting and adventureful if you, if you walk with Jesus and you know it's... It has nothing to do with you because you feel horrible. You don't like this job. You don't like the people that you're even surrounded, but you know because of Jesus in you, you're going to walk through this and you're going to change the world. Can we call each other out on that? I mean, man's can you throw in that feel And if you don't, if you don't hear the voice of God, you need to come into the quiet place, whether it's through worship. That's why corporate gatherings are so amazing because we all bring our individual relationship with Jesus. We bring it together and we just worship. We worship God. And that's, and that's powerful. So again, faith makes Sunday a reality. Faith makes your Sunday because it's your Sunday. Jesus did this for us. He didn't just to put up a show. He did this for us. Make Sunday 
greater than your Friday. And we have to, we have to believe this. So, the last little tool that I want to quickly give you guys before we're going to do communion and some ministry is, is, is the tool of repentance. So, these disciples, they went from, hey, they want to believe these people being sent to them about what happened to Jesus, to a place where they walked in the miracle working power that Jesus walked on earth. I think if we read it there at the end, I think all of us would love to see people being raised from the dead. All of us would love to see everybody in this room that has an illness or a sickness to be healed. And, and the way that they got there was through repentance. And, and their repentance was based on the fa- fact that they received the revelation. So they had the privilege of seeing Jesus appearing to, to them. And Jesus rebuked them and he said, hey, why are your hearts so hardened? And often we as Christians, we get to a place where our hearts are hardened because God didn't come through or we didn't expect this. We didn't expect the Friday. Jesus, we thought you're king. We didn't expect the Friday. What happened? So you're like, no, I'm going to harden my heart because God is not as good as he says he is. And then he says, hey, and you have a lack of faith. You are unbelieving. And I think we need, we need to read Scripture and, and we need to read through and like, hey, God, if, if, I, if I'm called to a John 10, 10 life, which is a life in abundance, then why am I living in this place? So what do you do? How do you change that? You change that with repentance. Repentance is the word metanoia. In the Greek, it means a change of mind. And it's, it's like you pulling your mind, you are walking in this direction, you're seeing just Friday, Friday. Friday, and Jesus appearing, no, I just see Friday, he's dead, he can't be alive. Jesus is not in my life, dead, dead. And then repentance means like, wow, I hear the voice, I hear even the rebuke, and I turn and I say, wow, Jesus is really you, you conquered death, high five, boom. And, and it's as quick as that. They literally went from... Like Peter went from zero to euro within 50 days. He, he denied Jesus three times. Think of the worst thing that you can commit in front of people. He's like, no, I don't know the man. I don't know Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit comes upon him. He preaches an amazing message. 3,000 people get saved. What happened? He repented. He's like, oh God, I hear your voice. I hear the voice of the resurrected king, and I turn. And a big thing about repentance is not only confessing your sin, because we often, we get those two confused. We're like, hey God, I, I'm so sorry, I, I didn't have faith. Hey God, no, um, sorry that I, I spoke badly of that person, or the way that I spoke to my wife was wrong, and I, I, please forgive me for that. That is, that is, yes, that's one part of repentance. But you... Repentance is not only turning away from something, but it's turning towards God. It's turning away from viewing Friday through the lens of Friday, and it's turning away and saying, wow, I'm going to view Friday through the lens of Sunday. It's walking away from sin. It's like, wow, God, you are good, and I want all of this. 
And the only way that you're going to do it is if you, some, if you do some serious Bible study, if you do some serious getting into the Word, if you get into a small group, if you get into a place. A lot of visitors here today, I know that. But if you make serious about the goodness of God, and it says in Romans 2 verse 4 that it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It's Jesus showing up. He sends messengers twice. They're like, no, we don't believe you. And then he shows up. And that's how faithful God is. That is how graceful God is. He's always going to show up. And there's so many opportunities, even if you feel that you've missed it. So then you go like, God, I turn away from my wicked ways. I turn away from my sin. And I turn towards Jesus. Not only crucified, but the resurrected Jesus. The resurrected King. And He is in me. Death couldn't hold him. Nothing else will stop him. Amen.